From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. That's good. We're going to pop and a pour, yeah. man. That's Perfect. some Patagonia shit there. <laughs> yeah, a little Patagonia Chardonnay to get this thing going. <laughs> hey, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers with Bart Hansen and Brian Casey and Todd Jolly. What's up? Go Ducks. <sighs> go Ducks. Man. Quack, quack. Love it. Come yeah. on, Bart. You don't do Let's a quack, quack, quack. Welcome you? back. God, it's, it's been good. a it's long time since I sat to, across this table and talked person, to you, Bart. man. Yeah. I see you all the time. But well, <laughs> basically yeah. what I see is your place packed all the time. Yeah, things are good. Which yeah. is which is remarkable. I really love it. Yeah, it's six years in the making. You know, it's time's flying. So May 2nd will be six years down at Snow's Best. Hey, congratulations. I, I mean, That's you really know, really awesome. It, you've done such a great yeah. job. Shout out to you, Todd. I mean, you, you've like created a community there and um, uh, the wines are freaking off the hook. Um, for those of you listening, you, you know. One? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a cabinet there's a cabinet in in Sonoma's Best in the wine shop and usually it's locked and if you can talk talk into opening it up um, it's pretty fun pretty fun. Line. Show me that credit so, card. We can open it up anytime. I was <laughs> going to say, what what exactly do I have to say to Todd? Yeah. Uh, no, it's amazing the stuff that gets sold out. Leave of that. my credit uh, card. Yeah, not even. I mean, cash works too, John. No, no what, what, I don't yeah. have Venmo, any Apple that. Pay, yeah, exactly. Bitcoin. No, it's a. Uh, do you take Bitcoin? We don't. No. I don't know anybody no. that does. So I tried to pay Sam one time in PayPal, and he had no idea what to do with it. And PayPal now owns Venmo, mm-hmm. which he uses. Got but it. still, I don't think people know what PayPal is other than parent company. So well, my wife does. Yeah, I mean PayPal. <laughs> PayPal has a certain place in the market, but like well, I thought it was an eBay is, only thing. Yeah, I mean, you know when I started. Had a tight day, right? And uh, but that, that's an old era by now. So. Yeah. What are we uh, starting with, John? What's uh, our breakfast? I think wine? Brian and I have something different, but basically, I brought four oh. wines today, and they're all kind of second projects or like second generation projects of really famous people. Um, so you guys have mm. the the Jean Marc Brelot Patagonian project uh, from Bodegas Chakra. It's actually the the grandson of the founder of Sasakaya, and who founded Bodegas Chakra, and then Jean Marc Brelot came in. And so, if you don't know Jean Marc Brelot, he's you know, top five winemaker in Burgundy, kind of all time, um, especially for Chardonnay. And so this is Patagonian Chardonnay, fully biodynamic, 55 bucks. And it just, I mean, in a blind tasting to not call this white Burgundy is, it's insane the way this wine drinks. Um, I'm in this blind tasting group, the the dumb ascots here in town. And this was, uh, this is a winning wine um, at one of the dumb ascot uh, tasting events. And it was just, it was the first time I had it and it blew my mind. So how many Psalms are. are in Sonoma? I don't know. Probably more than than you think. Than average city. Well, yeah, I would imagine that. I mean, yeah. what is it? Napa, Sonoma, New York, LA. I mean, but I would think I remember when I was when I was doing the introductory to the Court of Masters Psalms in yeah. San Francisco and and I think like honestly, like a third of the people in there were Marin housewives that weren't thinking about working in a restaurant. They just wanted to be able to talk about wine with probably, you know, if they had dinner parties or whatever. Cool. Which was kind of cool, you know? It's fine. 
I yeah. think that if you look at the valleys, Jeez, I mean, there's a lot more. There's a lot more like psalm-driven stuff going on over the hill in Napa. Just with the, I mean, I guess you could probably say that about Healdsburg too. But just there's the restaurant scene. There's just more restaurants. There's more people. Um, and here in Sonoma, you know, that's just being smaller. There's just less opportunity. Yeah, and, and, and wants to say slow. And 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 you know, there are wineries that are looking for psalms to be working you know doing their tastings for them so i'm sure there's quite a few of those that people have gone through and and to some point of their psalm uh, sure. certification and and work in wineries not even in restaurants or or, or wine shops yeah and i think i mean uh, i'll speak for brian and i here because I'm, I'm i hope you feel the same way but it seems like you know psalm culture with the term psalm versus you know sommelier the the kind of like laid back approach um, that you can be as a psalm now is so much more approachable for the consumer and it's not this, yeah uh, i'm walking up to the side of the table and intimidating you every time kind of thing you're gonna spend a hundred dollars more than you thought you were totally right <laughs> i think it's i think with like the you know you can watch the movies you can do all this stuff it's just you can kind of look to psalms for help rather than like you know intimidation sure yeah you know, and strong uh, arm you into buying something that you totally and, you know, i don't that, know that's that our, i've ever had we just that. can't let them know that we're doing that but um, it's, you know, it's 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 a not a strong arm it's, yeah. a, <laughs> it's a come on walk this way let's, let's go <laughs> yeah, on journey, let me but, take you somewhere yeah no but it's there's you know there's so many people out there there's so many different palettes and there's infinite wines so it's nice to you know go on journeys with people and actually figure out people's palettes and buy for them and you know I have customers that I've been selling to like strictly for six years. And it's like where we started and now where we are, both me and them. It's crazy. It's a growth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but awesome. I just want to clarify when I say that we're kind of weak, strong arming. The thing is when you, when you actually really love what you're selling people, like we're not, sure. we're not salespeople in, in the way that like someone that works for a corporation that's like selling widgets, totally. we actually are selling something we really love. Yeah. And so we just, it's it's more about wanting to share mm -hmm. that thing that experience with them than it is about selling it to oh, them absolutely. like so it's it's kind of like price whatever they want to spend is up to them but like i can take you on a journey with a 20 dollar wine or yeah. a 200 oh, um, bottle of wine with us with the story completely agree yeah that's like one of the first questions i always ask people is how much money do you want to spend and then yeah and it gets weird get sometimes and then, yeah. we'll, and then let's figure it out you know it's like yeah i never want to order the lowest price on the menu but like the second like when i'm in france it's yeah. uh, i have no idea and there's no psalm it's just okay well you don't want to bottom out but you know you pick something in between You're going you know? all the way to france to order the second cheapest bottle on the list <laughs> sometimes yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah. Time, sometimes yeah, but i mean classically though when you look at like wine lists and how they're built and stuff a lot of times that second or third cheapest one is the is like the best value wine on the mm -hmm. list you should never or, or not never but like the most expensive and the least expensive like a little bit of a bell curve with quality to ratio sometimes i was a little frustrated we were in london one time and uh it's a, we're in a very nice extremely busy fancy mm -hmm. modern place it's national gin and tonic day today by the way okay excellent throwing throwing london out there and uh we uh <laughs> i'm watching the guys next to us polish off bottle after bottle of 750 pound bottles and i'm trying to think shit okay man why don't i just have that 40 dollar one and we'll do a couple of those she just okay. moved your chair yeah i know it was really yeah. really fun well i mean it, it again it goes back to the same thing i was talking to um shout out to uh, sarah doyle from the press democrat um today 
and and she was asking about you know what it's like to work at a big winery or a small winery and you know where a big winery everything's about consistency because people are looking for that um and and in the old days there were wines that weren't really good yeah um now there's so much good wine and you need someone who knows the wines mm-hmm. to help you get there. Yeah. And that's why a good server or a good psalm or wine, uh, you know, buyer at a store, they can, they can get you wherever you want. Totally. Um, you know, a buy, my trick is always if uh, restaurants find something that you really like on the buy the glass list and then just buy a bottle of it. Yeah. Sure. How many bottles of wine are you representing? How many different brands? Like different SKUs? Yeah. Uh, like just shy of 800. Okay. okay. Holy crap, Todd. What? Yeah. If you wanted to, what could you? I mean, the wines out there Honestly, are infinite, like, aren't it's, they? It's funny. So usually um, there's one part of the bar where like the to-do bottles are kind of placed on there, things I need to get in the system, things that need to be priced, things I put for my employees like, hey, you know, can you take care of this um, today? And last night we had a, a really packed Italian tasting um, inside and outside. It was nice, a good spreading, but... Nice um, day for it. It was, yeah. <clears throat> but it was funny because the tasting started and I looked over at Casey, shout out Casey, uh, my dude. And I was like, any space for these bottles? He's like, no, man, we're fully packed. I can't put them anywhere. So it's like the uh, the to-do list area was like the last place to put some bottles. So it's... Um, you know, we sold like just under 20 cases of wine yesterday too. So it's wow. just like, it's, uh, it's cool. You know, I mean, there's, there's wine comes in, wine goes out and every great wine shop that I've ever been into that I've looked around, you know, there's just piles of wine everywhere. And from a purchasing standpoint, that's a little stressful, but like, I don't know, I'm a big believer in, you know, if you want to do it, you gotta, you gotta do it right. And you know, there's piles of wine, um, in the shop. Sometimes people come in and ask for something and, you know, I don't know how I remember where things are, but I'm like, well, give me like 10 minutes. I got to take this whole in cap apart, but I know it's like four boxes down on the, the second <laughs> row to the left there and I'll get the bottle for you kind of thing. So don't ever uh, leave, man. They will yeah. never oh, figure dude, it out. No, a building has a soul. It's 110 years old. Um, hey, Dave Hayes is coming out. Speaking of sommeliers next Tuesday, he's got a tasting here and we are recording next Tuesday. Yeah. I, I mean, we haven't told Dave this yet, but, um, we're recording oh. a show for Sam in the morning, <laughs> and then Dave Dave rolls in. So I think the thought was to you know grab Dave and let him say hi and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're I, doing a gorilla gorilla podcast. Yeah. I mean, strong arm attack. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> this is all on John. This is all on John. It's all okay, man. John John actually I think originally had Dave scheduled as the guest for the day, but we hadn't talked to Dave about it. <laughs> I didn't actually. And shout out to Rob Wildman. I'm going to see him. I think they're coming on Saturday night. They're gonna. I told him I got a jazz band playing out front, so they're going to come hang out, and then we'll get them all set up for July. I think. Yeah. Uh, when they're all going to come out. Yeah, Rob's. Uh, I think they're walking the square as we speak. Nice. Um, so. Um, uh, a so, nice thing to do on a beautiful day. Absolutely. It's supposed to be almost 90 today, right? Yeah, this weather is nuts. Yesterday was a little scary with the uh, kind of overcast smog very kind of fire-esque looking skies and it was 92 degrees at one point you know you know what you guys i so i've had a couple observations i wanted to share and originally we kind of talked about this about you know wines that todd you had said that you thought are evolving because of climate change and um uh, i i i drove out i had i went to fort bragg this week for a, a track meet for dane and i drove out through anderson valley yeah 
and just the beautiful day, but just the sheer like difference in coming out of the trees, um, coming out of the redwoods into the coast where it should have been cooler and it was actually warmer. Wow. You know, was really kind of eye opening and, and seeing that the temperature drop. And, and listen, there's no secret that how much the temperature drops from inland to the coast. But Anderson Valley is supposed to be a very cool spot. Oh. And and it was still, you know, in the in the mid 70s getting in. And that was early on, I'm sure, by the afternoon, wow. you know, at the track meet at Fort Bragg, you could hear the beach breaking. But it was easily 80 degrees. Wow. Um, and, and, and then, you know, yesterday I went for a bike ride up level Valley and same thing was early in the morning and you're in the trees and it's cool. And then you get up to the top on that road and there's just nothing and it's just exposed and it was really hot. And then there's one place where you make a turn and there's a rock wall that's real close to the road. And where you make that turn, the rock, the temperature went up five degrees just just from the the radiation from the wall. So it really does make you think about you know how important trees are for cooling the earth and you know i i apologize guys i'm still reading that book under the sky we meet and it's just like consuming me with mm-hmm. you know how fucked we are with climate change and you know what yeah, we're going to do the reason why i i switched it back on the the wines i was going to bring is because i didn't want to just get on a podcast and you know say all the wrong things but <laughs> one thing i did bring is a 19 chablis um, just so we could try it i've done a little behind the scenes experiment with California Chardonnay drinkers and pouring them 19 Chablis, which is very ripe, warm, almost tropical vintage. And people are buying it like crazy. And so without telling people that, um, it's pretty interesting to see, you know, people who are looking for, you know, guava and mango and pineapple in their, in their Chardonnay, who in, you know, recent years, not touched Chablis, all of a sudden just pouring in the 19 and they're enjoying it. It's kind of proof in the pudding without having to, without trying to, explain it in a way to um, like confuse their minds or anything yeah. but just to see just that they like it, it is yeah. yeah it's interesting well right. and, and i mean and and it goes back to the same thing you know i mean without a doubt there's change we saw again all over instagram photos of um mm-hmm. smudge pots out in the vineyards of france, france. oh yeah big um, time. wow you know um wow. Uh, even around here you know how far out things are brene posted some pictures of some stuff going through bloom mm-hmm. Um, totally. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna bring that up. It's it's crazy. Like yeah. Actual flowering. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, is which is not like time wise. I was talking to Morgan yesterday about uh, Morgan Tom Peterson just about like from bud break to flowering, what that normal time is, and f- because when bud break was, it's not like that far off, but it still is early. And if you just think about like, you know, it was like April fifteenth or something when they usually say is the last kind right. of frost date or something. Or, and like, I never put my tomatoes in until May first just to be safe. And right. you know, here we are with frost to bloom. Know, these, uh, I mean, driving around right now is incredible because all these vineyards are just going nuts. But it's yeah. it's April. It's and, 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 April. and it's and it's really starting to dry out. Yeah. I mean, and and even the difference between Napa and Sonoma, and then if you go over to Santa Rosa and you just look at the hillsides, mm-hmm. like Napa's fully brown yeah you know like, here here we're still there's areas that are green 
Petaluma um, was like kind of holding on with all yeah. the, the grass fields, but yeah. still it's starting to, there's that yellow. Yeah. And they're starting to there. whack it down because they know the Brown's coming yeah, exactly. and fire danger. Shout out to um, Morgan Twain Peterson. I just was watching him with Tim Fish um, on an Instagram live. And he said that it's his dad's 75th birthday tomorrow. Hey, Joel. Nice. Yeah. Happy shout birthday. out Joel. Happy and birthday. Uh, Morgan Twain is on the podcast, uh, Wine Spectator podcast this week. That nice. was, that was, that was what I was just okay. watching with uh, Tim. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Morgan's the man. He, uh, he and I have been on a, a fun little band all journey together. I'm, I'm a band all nut, and he's a you know resonant world expert on it. And I, I always think I know something on some cool new producer, and I'm like, Morgan, do you, like, can you tell me something about this producer? And it's just like his eyes light up, the book opens up. Their and, their know, dog's name is Sparky. They got a chocolate exactly, lab, dude. right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's a new producer I just brought in, and uh, their rosé like didn't used to be classified because it was too dark for the Appalachians. So the Appalachians would reject it because like, hey, it looked like more like Tavel in the glass. And huh. so like, sorry, man, that's a that's not going to work. And but if you like break it down, they're actually a family from Bordeaux who sold the Bordeaux estate and then they moved to Bandal and they have high elevation. And so there's kind of like outliers in the Appalachian a little bit. And they're like trying to get in. They're like, oh, that, that's not going to work. They've, they've figured it out since. But it's just interesting to see like such an old school club there in Bandal and new people to come in. It's like, all right, who are you? And what are you doing here with your wines and your wines are pretty good so what's that yeah. about yeah so well in Bandol, if anyone hasn't had the reds it's kind of weird that most people know rosé right yeah. and then right. but if you actually get into the reds oh, absolutely the right reds it's, it's at, well it's right? like Sancerre it's known for their whites mm -hmm. yeah. but their reds are spectacular totally just I mean, yeah. love them you know with Sancerre with Sancerre there's you know the the percentage of reds that are made is much much smaller but I mean I don't know if there's a better value wine on the planet with Bandol Rouge. I mean, you can be like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, even well, you know, less than that. And it's just drinking well, well above its price point. Costier de Nîmes. Yeah, sure. But no, I mean, which, yeah, which I, mean, I hope we'll get to try yeah, in a I mean, couple weeks. I mean, the stuff in Nîmes is, you know, the price point overall is quite a bit lower, but like just yeah. when it comes to like, if you're going to spend 50 bucks, like you buy Bandol, it's like, like spending 30 bucks on a bottle of Zen. Like most of the time, it's just going to be yeah. delicious, right? Yeah. And for most people, it's just where to get it. They're not exposed to it. No. Absolutely. If yeah. you're in, or it should be. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many different wines from so many different places. And I was quoted the other day um, in this publication that will come out, but they wanted to know how to how to find like really good like $10 value wine. And I, I didn't answer their question. And I answered their question with the comment of, you know, find a local wine store a local wine person that you trust and start a relationship with them because once you're spending money that you then appreciate when the juice is in the bottle your whole perception of like the cost of wine changes yeah because you know? it's like if you spend 10 bucks and you're kind of disappointed it's like damn but if you spend 20 bucks and you're pumped that 20 bucks didn't feel like 20 bucks yeah. you know and so it's like go on a journey with somebody don't be intimidated try some wines you know and like yeah. go in and say that um you know, we talk about that people all the time at the store it's like hey like let's figure out what you drink and i'll happily sell somebody a bottle and if it really doesn't work out for them it's like please bring it back i'll give you another one i want you as a customer let's figure this out so yeah. it's like you know get to know your local wine professionals and winemakers or whatever and and have that journey with them because i'm sure you have regulars at the restaurant you know and they come in you know what they want and they they treat you well you treat them well you yep. know and it's like both people and you know, it works out for everybody yeah well and you know um 
th that's something that you guys have you know, not that you open all these wines but you always have some wines open for people to try yeah. and it's such a good way i think we do open all the wines yeah. <laughs> well okay <laughs> seems like it. I, you're, you're right todd i you know what i, I when i think like about when months, i think though. about everything that i taste in your yeah. place i take I, that was yeah, a no, miscommunication I, 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 I but see where you're going. right but but it allows you and for them to one get to know each other you know and you can talk about what you like but when you say well it sounds like you like this and they're like no that's not doing it for me it's really helpful oh for sure yeah. so for you consumers out there if you can find a place that's pouring wine that's even better yeah i mean there's a lot of you know distributors and wineries that i i drive them a little bit up the wall but um because i don't have a traditional by the glass or tasting program i like literally don't even have a printed list anymore just because every day we open up different stuff and so if you're really interested in coming by and tasting, come by like right at 11 because that's when we open fresh bottles. And a lot of the time it's some of those first people kind of drives what we're going to open and pour for the day because right, right. try to dive down into interest. But, um, you know, it's see how very French that is where it's like going to the restaurant that doesn't have a menu. You right. know what I mean? You just go in and this, they're like, this is what we're serving today. Right. I love that. Yeah, this is what and, we made. And, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And some <laughs> of the time they have a no, something that they make that if you don't know about it, you don't deserve to eat it. And that's it. They don't even tell you those, you know. You know what mama's cooking in the back. Right? That's it. Because yeah. you're there a lot. Yeah. When my wife and I were in Gigondas, we, uh, if you've ever been to Gigondas, it's this tiny little village. And you park it, there's a tiny little parking lot, and you walk up, and there's a bunch of outside tables, and people smoke cigarettes, and it, like in a kind of a good way, right? Like here in France, and the whole thing, you're looking at the Rhone, and we sit down, and they bring over the little A frame sign. Uh, the server speaks zero English, not like a little bit. Like I could talk to you, the Google translate thing on the menu is not working at all. So we just, like, we just like pointed a couple things. Yep. She's like, great. You know, and uh, Gigondas only has rosé and red. They don't have any white. And so we ordered like a craft of rosé and a craft of red and they, they brought it out. And so we didn't have, we had no idea what we were getting. And it was so funny because Lauren's thing was just like this dissection of a full cooked fish. And it was just like, yeah everything it was just it was massive it was like two inches thick just like on her plate it was like sick you know like it, yeah. it was just delicious so. i remember i remember being in um i was in barcelona and and then then went over to uh mallorca a little island um i guess if you know ibiza kind of yeah. like a sister island and then met some people over there that said hey we're going to um argelais sur mer we're working at a campground mm -hmm. You want to meet us there? You can hang out for a couple of weeks. I was like, cool, I'll cook for you guys. So cool. I, I got to pay for it. But we stopped at this little restaurant in Colio, so like a little bit south of Argelais-sur-Mer. And it was the same thing. It's you're, you're right on the water. Yep. It's gravel. Mm -hmm. They just set some tables out yeah, there nice. and they have a chalkboard yeah. and whatever they decide that day. Yeah. And they just start bringing some of the sickest food and yeah. you're just drinking rosé and you're like, this yeah. is fucking bomb. It sounds like the exact same experience. <laughs> so we just kept like pointing to stuff. We kept bringing more food, kept bringing more wine. Yep. Like, I'm not leaving. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And then the, I remember the waitress saying, um, Salvador Dali used to sit at that table and, and, <laughs> and hassle the waitresses. He would drink Pernod and hassle the waitresses. Wow. And you're like, seriously at yeah. this table? Awesome. Did you start to get an attitude then? Like, no, no, Bart, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was a guest. Yeah, nice. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our Put patience to the test. Patience to the test. Is that it? Okay. <laughs> For Americans, yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys think about this 19 Chablis, like stylistically? I'm digging it. It's delicious, but like, it's tropical, right? It, it is. It's definitely tropical. Yeah. Yeah. But still has some minerality, well, minerality aspects, so the, right? Yeah. The terroir aspect is completely there, right? Like, yeah. I've had 19 Chablis that aren't like this tropical. 
but this one in particular, and it's just, it's it was hot. Yeah, and it's there, not there's, it's not lean, right? I mean, it's I 14. think fourteen alcohol in Chablis, right? So right. that's like crazy. Right. And what do you think they're thinking there? Do you think the French are like, ah, oh, this wine it tastes? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. You know? I, I wonder like, if they've gotten I mean, used to a little racier for, style. And I mean, you know, there's wines that are made for the American market. There's right. wines made for export. There's wines made for there. But like, that being said, I've also had 19 Chablis that are razor, you know, razor sharp and they're the same. So maybe they're just picking earlier. But I right. mean, 14.1% on the bottle of Chablis is like, it's pretty high alcohol. I mean, I think what you say, Todd, is an interesting thought is that, is that the, maybe not made for the American palate, but they might have cuvées mm-hmm. you know that weren't going to be accepted by their you know european yeah. people and so they figured we'll send it to america then sure or right? they're like hey you know like this stuff got right yeah right absolutely. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's and it's not it wasn't a decision made in the vineyard yeah. necessarily it just got ripe and they said well where can we get this well, so if you ever had the opportunity to have wines that were purchased in europe and brought back and those same vintages that have import stickers on them um, this doesn't happen all the time, but there are cases where the wine that you bring back from Europe do, is a little bit different than right. uh, the imported wine. And whether that's the bottle treatment or or what, or it's just a mind game you're playing with yourself. Right. It's like this one was at the, you know, bought at the domain or whatever, but it's a, uh, doesn't happen all the time, but I've had a couple of times where, you know, it's side by side, the same wine and it's, you know, not, doesn't taste exactly the same. Yeah. I get that with the, some Italian wines too, where you're yeah. like, oh, I can tell this was probably made for us. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, oh, there's like French barrique on this wine. Like, what's a, where's the Slovenian neutral oak at? Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a trip. But, you know, they're, um, this is uh, the two brothers uh, from the Brochard family. They started this winery in, you know, it's $30 Chablis. And Somme Select last year did a, a big blowout on their 18. And then uh, I bought some then, and then with the 19 here, it's just, it's super tasty, but it's just yeah. not um, it's not your like classic. Yeah, you may not like, call it out in a you may not call it out in a blind tasting. Yeah, totally. It's almost like more like Puy Fousset or uh, something from um, Macon versus um, Chablis. But then when it comes to the two Pinots that I brought, we have uh, the Nuit Saint George from Pierre Use Colin Marie, and then the Nicholas J, who's actually um, the winemaker at Miu Camuse, and it's his Oregon project. Um, and so it's Burgundian winemaking, uh, Burgundian winemaker in Oregon and all their vineyards. It's been going since like 2004 ish. Um, don't quote me on that, but right around there, all their vineyards look just like Burgundy. So like, you know, 18 inches high head trained all the way to the ground, just, you know, the tall skinny stock. Um, and it's a trip. So we should try, let's do the Nicholas J first and then we can get into the, the PYCM. But, um, Tim fish did a huge write up on Nicholas J a couple years back. And, uh, I was lucky enough to already have him in the store at that time. So then that's always good when you, you have something and then the scores come out, but for right. 55 bucks is a, it's a beautiful bottle of Oregon Pinot. Mm. Getting behind here. What's so, you know, Mio Camuse is like probably Kermit Lynch's biggest, you know, uh, Burgundian import, um, really high end wines, you know, Grand Cru, Premier Cru, uh, kind of industry standard stuff for what you're going to expect when you buy 
great burgundy. Like it's pretty hard to be disappointed with Mio Camuse. And so the winemaker there, um, this is it's like something Nicholas uh, Mio is the the winemaker Nicholas Mio, and this is his project in in the Lima Valley. It's Willamette, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hit somebody with Willamette one time, and it's like, that's no, you're an yeah. idiot. Yeah, <laughs> the, like one of the first sales incentives I ever won was a Willamette Valley Vineyards jacket when I was a distributor up in Oregon, and it, on the back, like shoulder to shoulder, it just said, it's Willamette, damn it. Like, <laughs> that was their like trademark tagline. It is. Yeah, yep. yeah. They like that. Yeah. And it works, because, you know, it's, a, it's hard to forget once you hear that little, that little spiel, but... And Jasmine Egan's still alive after her girls' trip to uh, Palm Springs. Nice. Looks like a fun time. Survived. Was had by all. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. Any hangovers? Uh, I was able to fudge it into just next day party day. Yeah, just Being go straight through. Yeah. Uh, uh, other things we grow help a lot. <laughs> yeah, take the edge off a little bit. Right. Yeah relieve some nice. of the mental pressure yeah that's good when's jasmine getting when are you getting married june 4th june 4th nice. yeah it's coming up yep and I, I still can't figure out exactly where it is she keeps telling me but maybe you can help or exactly. you'll know when you get there john you'll i'm, take, know when I'm you get taking there. a trolley I'm, I'm i'm gonna be picked up at the jack london lodge and dropped off back there i'm not driving no i want to have fun this is delicious todd nice yes it is so tell me i want me. some food totally yeah and you know like fully organic farming you know it's really pretty crazy when you see the pictures of the vineyards they they own and they source from if you like zoom in close enough you wouldn't really know it was oregon um but at the same time they're like i'm a big proponent of this too like not saying we're making burgundian style wines like he's from burgundy making wine in oregon the way that he wants to make it and yeah. like the the end product tastes like this and i think like the tannic structure here you know is pushing towards burgundy and i think that's one of the big things about burgundy that a lot of people don't understand is you know pinot noir has tannins and then burgundy is like the number one place to find it and you know a lot of other like california pinot you know is a lot more round not i can't say all california pinot but like the russian river pinot for example you know round edges a little bit juicier, milk shaky for sure i uh, mean but also oregon oregon pinot's and someone will probably correct me on this or tell me I'm full of shit. But in my mind, they were always a little more rustic, um, uh, a little more rustic, a little more, you know, um, earthy, meaty. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and and the the state as a, or the area as a whole has kind of refined oh. itself, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I think any, you know, any industry you're in, when you get started in, right. you know, basically the 80s, um, you know, that's not really... Right. that long ago to like to figure it out you know especially with you know vines growing and things actually starting to get some vineyards with some age on them. the 80s aren't that long ago what year were you born again 85 shout out <laughs> yeah uh, but it's like you know if you think about burgundy or even think about california i mean it's i don't know it's just we need Oregon needed a little bit more time to yeah to really get it going, and I think Oregon is just well. It's not Oregon. I mean, right every, everywhere, right? Everywhere. I mean, oh, California. Sure. Yeah. You could look at the same kind of elapsed totally. time and yeah. go, "Holy shit!" They, yeah. you know, so um, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's just really cool to see like what happened here with people from France coming over, people from Italy coming over, planting, and then you know, obviously the same thing has hmm. happened in Oregon over the years. Thank you, Jasmine. 
you know, worldly wineries moving in be like, well, this is the, the real deal. And, you know, it just, it's just great to, right. it's great to see. Right. My first Oregon Pinots were Domain Druin. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. Joseph Druin's daughter. Yeah. And they were very, they were kind of on the lighter Aaron side, H, more strawberry-ish, um, nice like herbs and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I actually proposed to my wife at Domain Druin. No way. Yeah. I know Veronique pretty well. She actually, she toured Lauren and I through the, the Druin caves under the city of Bone. Um, like what the Romans dug out and that's where uh, Joseph escaped um, Nazi capture. He like lost them in the caves to, to get away because he was super outspoken against the Nazis. Hmm. That's you a know. great story. See, this, is, this is just yeah. like what he's talking about with Morgan. He's like, yeah. take it to another level. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that's like uh, one of my, I have a, a picture with Veronique and I down in the, in the caves in front of this 3,000 um, year, 2,000 year old Roman wall that they built. Whoa. It's kind of this Chevron pattern. Um, it's, it's a trip. It's really cool. Uh, it's a, it's something special. And the, you know, shout out to the Drouin family in general because when you're there in Bone, they have like a whole thing in the winery about Domaine Drouin, and they're mm-hmm. selling the Oregon wines. Um, oh, in, there. In Bone. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. So, we need a trip to France. Oh, just a, a purely a wine out. trip yep. to France. Right. Yeah. Watch out! You might have another kid. Shout out my wife. That's yeah. Yeah, well, first. I mean, <laughs> it happened in Italy with yeah. me. You know? yeah. I, I could, I could dig do doing Bordeaux. I've got some friends there, and I could dig doing uh, Sancerre down to the Rhone. Oh yeah, easy. That's the only place I know. I've been in Burgundy one time. That was it. Burgundy's amazing. Burgundy's amazing. Yeah. Now, I understand. We just went the other way. Yeah. You know, um, but. You know, I Sancerre just blew me away because first of all, you it's all this flat area. Mm-hmm. Then you have to drive up this huge mountain, yeah. and it's right at the top, and and it's just it's amazing spot. Yeah. And I found a lady painting magnums, hand painting magnums mm-hmm. of Sancerre's reds. Nice. And they were just beautiful. So I, of course, had to buy one. There you go. Um, I just got Dagenau in, uh, like DDA Dagenau. So. Selects, you know, Blanc Fumé, Blanc, etc. Uh, for the first time, and I got like about 18 bottles of each one, and um, it was my first time actually having selects, and it was the 18 selects. And Casey and I sat out back, and it was, it was just like quiet. We're just sitting there tasting this thing, and it was—I couldn't even tell you. I, I could, I could tell you a flavor profile, but I swear the wine was like this orb, like literally this like floating orb, like you know when you like see outer space and you see like water floating like yeah. it has a little it right. was so round it was so textural i've never had an experience like that with wine ever in my life and it was like i, w- I was sitting there just like wow and it, it was like on the selects you know the actual selects rocks on the right the label and like two minutes after i drank the wine it's literally and i have all all the different soil types from sunset like on my my window in my office and I, just, I literally like went back inside and I grabbed it and just licked it. And it was like, this is literally, <laughs> literally the same thing. Yeah. Cause like, I remember I, I was doing that in France cause it was like, you know, the tale is all this time or whatever. Yeah. Shout out to Beauty and the Beast. But um, <laughs> I, it was like, so Selex is like the top dog, right? Like it's, it's the Sauvignon Blanc coming out of the Loire Valley. And it's just like unbelievable. Talk about like, you know, it's a $155 bottle. Like, yeah. Well, you know, my and ages too. For sure. Yeah. 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 Mike Benziger, um, there for a while he must have bought a whole bunch because he was like giving it to me mm-hmm. you know like here take this home and drink this tonight or you open awesome. it up and stuff <laughs> and you know i i 
drank every one of them yeah. during that little period of time, that little window. And, um, but I have those same things like in my mind, I haven't tasted one in a long time. And, um, uh, but I have that kind of memory of it, like yeah. being so unique yeah. and so interesting, you know, th those transformative wines, uh, I don't have a single one, but I can name you a bunch of them. And, and that was sure. definitely one of them. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's really just pretty insane. Like even thinking about it now and, and a lot of times, you know, you got to spend a lot of money to get that kind of stuff and you got to support other brands of the importer or whatever. And I can quickly turn around and sell all those cases in like a day and it just kills me to do that. So it's like, after I tried it, I'm, like, I, I'm hiding some bottles around here. Like, yeah. These aren't in stock. Anymore, Easter you know? eggs. Like, they're like, yeah, basically, John. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, two guys saying hi to you uh, nice. on, on the internet, Jess Wade and Ian James Blessing. Nice. So, What's up, dudes? Yeah, they're hanging in, and uh, watching my, my post anyway. Cool. Pod Jess, uh, podcasting. <laughs> Jess has become a really good friend of mine, and uh, this year he made 72 cases of rosé for me, uh, Topophilia, private label, all organically grown, Grenache from Sonoma Mountain, and it is Talk about it hitting stride. I mean, Jess is making. It's delicious. I had a glass the other day. Right now, the topophilia stuff it, it's the real deal. He's he's doing a really good job. It's all. Like, How's his back feeling? It's uh, it seems like he hasn't been riding his tractor as much, so I think his back's doing. Uh, good. Well, doing he better, shouldn't but, do all that shit. Well, you know that's the uh, the name of the the name of the game. Yeah. When you're a one man winery. You yeah, got to do your stuff. So, uh, and the good thing is, you know, you replant a vineyard once. You hopefully you don't have to replant it again for quite a few years but yeah. um and he's he's a farmer first you know farmer farmer winemaker so yeah. you gotta you gotta take care of the vineyard to make good wine but so bar what's up with this sonoma mission in 1989 yeah yeah you know what um i like the label on it so uh kenwood winery uh used to do um the house red and the house white for the sonoma mission in and then we also did small amounts of um, Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet for the wine list. And one of my first one of my first jobs that I did on a weekly basis was deliver a pallet of wine to the Snow Mission Inn okay. to that same room, Brian, that you store the wine in now. I think I've told you the story, you know, hand truck it off. Um, but we we made this wine. This is this was the same wine as the as the vintage red for those people that drank a lot of old Kenwood wines. Yeah. Vintage red, vintage white. It was three ninety nine or the label for the Snow for the Snow Mission Inn, and they sold a ton of. Yeah. Well, it went every room got a bottle for sure. free. Cool. Um, uh. So it was the free wine at Kenwood at the time. It was three ninety nine or four ninety nine for four ninety nine and three ninety nine on sale. Um, always a delicious value, you know, Lodi Clarksburg fruit. Um, this wine has seen its little better days um, without a doubt, but 11% alcohol. That's pretty amazing. That is cool. But yeah, yeah I definitely um, was uh, running the bottling line when this went. So uh, hopefully the I noticed the label is incredibly straight which i'll take full credit for I think that pretty good, um, i think with a wine like this if it wasn't straight it might be fake you know right yeah. <laughs> right oh you mean like rudy is yeah, um exactly. is uh, trying to fake snow mission like, in I'm, bottles i'm telling you this is tawny port man yeah. <laughs> it, you know what but that's just it it is it smells just like tawny it port doesn't it yeah. yeah and 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 it's better it, to like smell a good it way though right it doesn't smell like a, like a terrible tawny port like yeah it, it just that's the way the wine aged. I mean, and, that's yeah. I, I would just smell that glass. Yeah. It, the problem was when yeah. you put it in your mouth. Yeah. Um, but it smells really nice. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. um, the cork came out really 
Easy. Yeah. yeah High quality. Pay yeah. for good corks. Yeah, they do a good job. Well, I pushed the button that made the machine put yeah. the cork there in. You go. That's good. I put the corks in you, the machine. You didn't think it was actually going to be good, did you? I, uh, you know, I try I, not to. I, not, I, I like. Well, there's. That's a pretty complicated question, in my opinion, right? Because yeah. I try not to. There's a couple things I try not to do with wine at all. Use any umbrella terms to like group things together, and then decide what a wine is before any of it because who knows right like that wine can smell one way and then taste incredible or it can smell terrible usually you get wines that smell really bad and then actually taste pretty good um but you know you just gotta dive in it and the good thing about old wines like it's not gonna make you sick so you right. can just give it a try right. it's not like eating old food yeah you know it's give it a go but i mean also in our glass we have the the 2018 Nuit saint georges from this is uh, good oh, Marie, thank so. you thank <laughs> you uh, how nice yeah, so Pierre used Colin Marie, uh, PYCM, um, really famous for uh, his and her white wine. So Pierre Yves, yeah. winemaker, he's married to um, Caroline Marie. And so second generation of um, the Colin and then the Marie family. There's a lot of Collins and Vincents and Mores yeah. oh, and yeah. Phils. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but so, um, you know, Pierre Yves, um, Colin is Mark Collins' son. And then Caroline Marie is John Mark Marie's daughter, and they got married. And so it's like literal powerhouse in the sense of the, vi the vineyards that they've inherited, the winemaking technique passed down through families. And so one of the big things of PYCM is everybody talks about how they have the, the family age, they have the vineyards. It's like an actual two-day story of how Burgundy has progressed with the Napoleonic codes and all of like the splitting up of vineyards and it's passed from father to son and father to daughter, mother to daughter, and they're married. And so it's like just this power couple. Um, his whites can be known to be like slightly reductive. And so if you like um, that kind of oxygen free, um, little bit of really good kind of funk, funk um, but at the same time, they don't, they've never really had any pre-mox problems. Um, I mean, the, these are like the easiest wines to sell. And I, I hide them in the back and never put them out because when they're out, they just disappear. You know, like people just yeah. buy them. Um, it's a horrible fate for wine. I mean, Well, no, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. But like it's the good thing for me is like I have all these bottles and, you know, I feel like I know them all. And I want to make sure they get in the right glasses, you know. So yeah. it's like if you buy somebody comes in and buys a $200 bottle of Cab or whatever and they they only drink pinot like they're not going to like that cat very much you know yeah. so you want to make sure they get the wine that they they really like and so if you know a lot of people who drink california pinot are like trying to dive into burgundy dive into burgundy excuse me and sometimes it's like let's start with let's start with something different or a different price point and like get you get you into it so then by the time you get up to an expensive bottle of wine you can really enjoy it you know yeah. and, um the good thing about you know Nuit saint george you're just south of Owner Romani, you're sitting right next to all the Grand Cru's, but there's no Grand Cru in New St. George, so all the fruit is incredibly high quality, but the right. price point isn't, you know, this is 135 bucks, but it's not, you know, a thousand bucks, it's not 500 bucks. Right, like right. some of those other bottles are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, drinking within the neighborhood or buying within the neighborhood that's is it. incredible. Right. You know, and that's why, you know, Burgundy, I mean, it is, it's about, you know, where's it at and who's the producer. For sure. And, and maybe in the old days, it was even more about the producer because there were 
other producers that either one they weren't known or they they weren't at that level but now it seems like there's a lot of really good producers that are coming out of the woodwork right yeah well there, i mean there's just more more negotiant winemaking there's more grapes kind of being sold um you know and one of the good things i always remember about burgundy you know burgundy is strictly about the terroir it's strictly about the land i mean if you if you do the history of france you know bordeaux is a house driven place business driven name driven yes. burgundy is vineyard driven you know monks establishing what vines are important and that has always carried burgundy and you know bordeaux has always been the kind of name on the bottle um it's it's very rare when you're talking to somebody about bordeaux and you say oh where you know where are these vines from but it's like almost every time you talk about burgundy you're talking yeah. about the exact exact place where the vines are from right um and for me and like bart our friendship you know kind of blossomed on that with like knowing vineyards around here and bart's right. like deep knowledge of like where everything is in sonoma and so it's it's really cool because that's kind of my approach here locally is knowing the vineyards knowing the differences and i have all these rocks and there are so many differences oh, for sure good lord oh absolutely um and that's just you know over and over again we can all beat the um beat the drum or the dead horse or whatever that saying is but you know, wine from a place is what it's all about. Yeah. Well, now, how bad was the frost in France just the other day? I don't think I mean, anybody I, I really don't know knows it, yet. Even I don't. I'm not sure, but I mean, every year they're right, they're lighting those pots. I mean, that's a that's a super common occurrence. It's just like us turning on sprinklers or fans, or I mean, if right. uh, Hendra Long Ranch doesn't do it anymore, but if you're up at Nall um, in Dry Creek, they still have all the smudge pots out in the vineyard. They could huh. they could light them if they wanted to, but um, but that's like. It's just so cool to see that, you know, like there's all the, there's all the resources in the world. They could totally go out there and put a, you know, I don't know what the Appalachian says, if it, you could or not, but you know, they're out there. I think it's interesting. They call them, they call them candles yeah. or maybe that's just the translation, yeah. but I'm um, speaking of them as candles. Yeah. It's definitely not like wax and a, a wick. It's right. You know, you're right. burning fuel to make, right. uh, I, I, I think heat. traditionally they were kerosene. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what that is over there that I gifted Sam. That's an old smudge pot yeah. from, um, somewhere you know here in sonoma county and cool. and that's what it would have been it would have been kerosene most likely yeah. god how many of those would you need in your vineyard a lot uh, the that's ones crazy. i've seen are small like yeah. yeah less than a bowling ball size yeah. i mean again it's all about just getting the air to move is all they're really trying to do is they're not actually trying to necessarily like warm, warm it up, but yeah. they're trying to get air circulation it's the mm. stagnant stagnant it's like i mean from my understanding we were talking, i mean that that line is so fragile in the sense of it's really easy to kind of keep that frost back once you're doing something but if you don't then all of a sudden like right. boom and so it's like like you're saying just like a little bit of help right keeps things just kind of going enough where it's not going to freeze over but it's uh it's crazy and i think there might be a little bit of rain in our horizon if there's flowering out there we'll see how that i goes. heard monday we might get and, and the temperature's supposed to go back down right yeah, back in the 60s so yeah that's the you know when you talk about climate change stuff the weirdest thing is just the the out of season fluctuations right it's like oh my flowers are opening like crazy right yeah. now it's just i mean they think it's summer yeah absolutely i mean we're sitting here at 16600 and we're just like i mean look at all these pots i mean it's just gorgeous out here yeah Smells good too. California poppies. Something's man. blooming. I, I mean, my it's, favorite thing in the world. Yeah, California poppies, poppies I, across the hillside. I had a conversation with someone the other day, and he said, uh, speaking about this, and he says, you know, it seems like the poppies were early. He goes, but also seems like there's not as many poppies this year, and the lupin has gone crazy. 
and there's um, lupines everywhere. You're driving uh, like from Ernie's back to Sonoma, right? But like you're like out in Glacier National Park or something. Right. The whole side of the hill is just purple lupines. Right. It's like wow. It, it's 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 interesting, yeah. and you know, is that just? It's just this like particular year. Thing, it's a seeding thing. Yeah. Like whatever happened. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, what is going on with the drought so far? Have you heard any new restrictions? Try agriculture. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I know that they never lifted our technical water, um, like that fifteen percent. I think, I think Gavin Newsom actually made it more restrictive in the last couple of weeks yeah, yeah because we didn't we didn't hit any of our we haven't hit any of our <clears> i'm using less than half of what i used last year according to my bill yeah. 85 gallons a day for the house and the, they say 55 gallons is a minimum for per person so we're really doing so what's like an average shower Right? It's like well, you could fill a bathtub with fifty-five gallons. Okay. So a shower and you and some some laundry and some yeah. dishwashing and I'll get and you there. Food and and yeah, we we save every bit of water from even just washing your hands in the sink um, for the plants. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, and I'm not going to grow any pot this year, so I don't I don't need to plant that stuff and. We got, we got people that are doing that. Dry farmed cannabis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's it's all going to be, you know, telling with the lakes, you know. Um, uh, the the lakes never got recharged to then go in and have a drought um, like they have in the past, you know. Um, we just never, they never really, they, they, they came back a little bit, but not significant. Started so well. Right. Not significant. Now, have um, you been to Lake Sonoma and check on your boat? It's, um, it's lower now than last year. I've been monitoring like just the level. I haven't been up in a month and a half or so, um, but it was you know it's only gone down since then because yeah. that little bit of rain we had that wasn't enough to to push the needle. Yeah. You know it's and what's going to be what's Tahoe going to be like? You know it's this thing. The snowpack is so thin up there again. You know I, I remember a few years back when we had um, a drought. And we commented how Tahoe was seemed to be warmer, and that was because there had been no, like there was no summer runoff because it was so dry, you know. And um, well, I was just up there last weekend. Oh yeah. And I mean, under underneath all the chairlifts, it's just dirt, and then they have you know the run. Some runs are still available, and uh, like that in Tahoe Donner, um, the roads are all completely fine, but. The golf courses are you're starting to be able to see grass uh, but there's still like some spots have like two inches of snow some spots have, like around houses have like more runoffs there's more snow but it's like it's going to be gone like in yeah. the blink of an eye so i mean hopefully we can see the rivers and some um, reservoirs filling up because it it is melting right um but we'll see how it goes but i mean i was up there before that 10-foot storm happened over christmas and watched the whole thing happen and then left after and once 80 opened again mm -hmm. And, and John, just like you said, like it started so good and then it was just nothing, you know. Just... Never have we had a completely dry January and February in history. Mm. That's amazing. It's all these people do in dry January, you know. It's like the anti-rain <laughs> dance. Yeah. Get a drink up. Yeah. <laughs> Blame it on that. No, I don't do that. I'm not a fan. No, I did it one year and uh, I felt like my drinking in February was out of control so I just, like, i'm a pretty balanced drinker anyways right. i'll just uh, go about with my life right everything is supposed to be in moderation anyway 
Brian, what's going on at the Fairmont? You guys busy? You're full every weekend? It's crazy. Large groups are back. So, you know, January and February, we because of Omicron, we had a lot of people cancel. But now it's on like Donkey Kong. I actually have a meeting later on today. I think it's with Google. They're doing a buyout of the restaurant. So they have I think they have 20 grand to spend in wine. I think it's for 40 people. Um, so we're going to have some we're going to have some fun. Yeah. Um, and large groups in house right now, they're, you know, all the lawns are full, all the banquet rooms are full. I'm ordering more Ben, you know, Benziger's our house, um, banquet wine. So yep. I'm ordering more Benziger than I usually do, keeping it full and, yep. um, doing live music on Fridays and Saturdays. Tonight got a cool trio tomorrow, jazz band, and then still waiting for the first winemaker dinner of the year. So the Dave Finney dinner is on the 27th. Still have tickets available. Call the Fairmont. Doing a super cool, whimsical uh, menu. Did you see Dave? I don't know if they try and push this stuff on you. Dave Finney came out with a new seltzer. First, so the wine everyone knows, and then it was whiskey. Mm -hmm. He did a whiskey project, and now it's a... And it's, I mean, yeah. you, you could buy a barrel. I think it was like 10 grand. Um, you could buy the whole barrel for yourself. And my boss was like, well, this is, it's his, it's his first time making whiskey. What? Yeah. Well, let's wait. Let's wait, yeah. let's wait and see how it is before we just buy a barrel. Um, but now he's doing a seltzer called Cliche with um, not Chuck Wagner, but uh, jo- Joe. Joe Wagner. <laughs> so they're doing a, I, last night I drank the blueberry lemon one and the, I forget what the other one was, but one of them is Dave's and the other one's Joe's. I think they just have too much fruit. They don't know what to do with their... Right. And, and it actually comes <laughs> like, out of... The... No, I'm not going to say They're like coming up, coming up with ideas. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. So they're having, we're having fun. Just do, doing the menus for Water Tower Bar and Spa Cafe, getting everything locked in because we're, I mean, saddle up and ride. Um, yeah. It's going to be a busy year. So oh, this last weekend caught me off guard. Um, at one point, there was like three tour bus just parked outside. Nobody had reservations. People come in. I mean, the poor deli was just like you know, got like ninety sandwiches to make in twenty minutes here. Yeah, and then people just drinking out back. And we have our gardens. The everything was full. People were standing drinking, and I was just like, yeah, we have like six people working today at the wine bar. It was just Casey and I, you know spinning around in circles but we got it done yeah it's just it's kind of like the roller coaster where right now we're going click 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 up to the top and you're just like holy shit this is gonna get worse and on the service side right it's like you know for the last couple years like in a a small town it's been you know like really really good in my opinion there's like you have more more time to talk to people there's just different things and then as a great analogy, the roller coaster. All of a sudden, it's just like okay, bachelorette party, family reunion, this, that, and the other thing. It's just all at once, yeah. right? It's like here we go, we're diving in. Yep. Same amount of staff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, well, it's like resetting your mind to like pre-COVID, right? It's like okay, yeah. like, wine country seems to be like fully back. Yeah. You know, people. That's where people like, want to go. I think just in general, California is open, and people have realized that because I mean, it's just people from everywhere what like how how it used to be pre-covid you know like yeah. oh you're from kentucky you're from louisiana you're from indiana or whatever yep. um and people are back yeah. it's cool yeah yeah crazy it's gonna be crazy and i'm super excited for you know we're leaving in a couple of weeks to go to paso for yep. hospice nice. hospice cool. du rhone yeah and get to see all of uh all the people that we miss and there's a great showing coming from france um you know so it should be a lot of fun we're going to record a uh, show with the Black Wine Guy Experience with MJ and uh, hang out with him. So that'll be fun. Um, nope. Rosé Lunch. Rosé Lunch, always one of my favorites. 
and so. tastings and dinner. Tastings. Sandra actually hit me up, texted me the other day and said, do you have a reservation at the hatch? And I said, yes. She said, am I invited? I said, yes. That was right. part of the <laughs> reason I made it for six people. Right. Um, so I guess she'll be down and... Um, yeah, it's just like a, a good move overall, right? And you get a you get a reservation in a good spot. Like, like three months ago, yeah, I made like this reservation make it, make it where you can you can invite you know, some people think and of people that you hope we're going to be there. And then hey, you got some yeah. extra spots if somebody else pops up. And, well, it's crazy. I don't know, if Bart, if you saw the dinners that they're doing. Some of them were just like, "Are you fucking yeah. kidding me?" The um the one with um Christophe Baron, yeah, the, the dinner <laughs> like the list of wines that they were opening up was like, yeah, just. But but it, but it was it was several hundred dollars also for you know? sure. I mean, I, I'd to love pay to for go. that wine, right, right. Um, but we'll be able to taste some of that wine, um, right. uh, and I think Jeb Dunnick is doing the whole thing on um, on uh, Christoph and his whole. The, the seminars are going to be crazy, and and yeah. don't worry, I'll uh, if you don't come to the seminar, I'll grab some bottles from. Yeah, just uh, just drags drags. I'm, yeah. I'm good with drags. Yeah, you know, no, a coffee filter, and yeah. we'll just you know. sneak some things out. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Are you heading down too? I'm not. No. Can no. can you can you get away for you know? Not right now. Okay. No, it's uh, yeah. and that has nothing to do with work, but just yeah. Uh, my baby situation right now. You know, I'm a full time dad that has to that gets to leave and go to work every day. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's like I love you, babe. Good luck. I'll see you when I get back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 11 months, I, I, years old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, uh, Brian and I both only have one child. And so I, I, I can't even pretend to, uh, know what people with multiple children go through, but I used to give Terry a hard time when Dane was real young and, you know, she'd be like, you know, what went on here today? And I'd say, you know what? It's really easy to get up at three o'clock in the morning, get in your car with your coffee, <laughs> drive to San Francisco, yeah. be at work all day and then come home and expect it all to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, uh... Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, staying at home with children is, I mean, it's, it, it just, it, it, it never stops. You yeah. Know? It's, it's awesome, like, but it's, yeah, for sure. it's crazy. Like, I say this is like one of the dreams I had from a, being a little kid myself was being a dad in, in life and like, I look forward to it and everything. I'm incredibly involved and, um, it's just, it's just amazing how like, He's just sitting at a desk, like looking at a computer screen. You know, like my wife, she, sometimes she's like, "I just, I just want to go like sit at your desk and do your emails." Like, <laughs> yeah. you, know, like, yeah. you know, sure, like anytime. Something, like, just, like, something controllable. Yeah, just like go. <laughs> handle it, you know? yeah, so it's, totally. Um, it's just the crack up, but yeah, I mean, we have two beautiful, healthy little boys, and they like you know throwing stuff and dumping stuff out. Yeah, all the stuff. Yeah, hundred percent boys, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Hundred percent little kids. You know, it's crazy. Um, I got a, a shout out um, uh, on in here in Sonoma on uh, Saturday, April 30th. The Garage Teaste Wine Festival is coming to town. Cool. Uh, this is, I think, the third tasting they've done in Sonoma. They, they've been at this a number of years now. They yeah, have they a lot down in Paso Robles. Yeah. It's going to be at the Vets Hall again. Um, you know, it's, it's the Vets Hall. I mean, yeah. a pre-COVID, um, I went to the... I guess maybe that was like 2018 or something. Yep. The last one they had, and it was packed. Yeah, it was, that was a. I, I went in there not really knowing what to expect, and it was 
it was a party. I mean, and, there were some great wines and a lot of people. Yeah, and the and the lineup is the lineup is awesome. There's there's not a lot of people that were there a couple of years ago. A bunch of new wineries, um, uh, some repeat ones, but some really nice looking wines. I'm you know it's this thing. You think you know all the wineries in your area, or you know most of the wineries around, and you go through this list and go. Never heard of them, never heard of them, never heard no, of them. You know, but you have no idea. But this when you go story. deep, you know, you can start to see some of the the, co the connections and whatnot. And um, so uh, it's it's a great tasting, uh, well worth the price. Um, so the garagetistefestival.com, um, I'll post something on it. Uh, but get your tickets, they're still available. Now, what this is not available anywhere commercially, wine, right? It's just homemade wine. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. These are all professional wineries. Yeah, it's actually wineries. The, the opposite of that. It's, it's basically people that, um, they call it garage teast or garage yeast because it's it's almost like you were a home winemaker and you, you turned into professional. You're still a small production, um, but. Yeah, I think like, I think to pour, you have to actually be under a thousand cases. Yeah, um, but they can sell wholesale because, I mean, last okay. when yeah. I went last time, I found like two or three producers that I really liked and started buying wine from them and it's their their full full-on wine okay. brands yeah. and, and a lot of them are people maybe who have full-time jobs and this is their you know the the common side gig that's becoming more and more um you know i mean let's look at our our uh, list of guests or yeah. you know all kind of that so sort it's of like my day job i make wine for xyz and napa but right. for my personal brand i'm making Blaufrankish and you know whatever else right um so uh so check it out and let's see what else well you missed the 19 club 1927 party at the fairmont i did with uh, all the movers and shakers you know we had... I heard uh, how bart wasn't at that did you hear that? <laughs> I mean, the funny thing was... I texted Bart and I'm like, are you here? And he's like, oh, is that tonight? Well, was like, she sent out the invitation and and it was a little vague, um, you know, um, and then... at this time. Right. And then, yeah. so then, well, no. So, but it was sure. a little vague on like what the event was. And, and I kind of, like everything in my life, I have to wait and see what parental duties yeah. I have, right? Yeah. And then I was like, hey, maybe I could do this. So I RSVP'd yes. And I must have done it the day before the event because you were sending me the message. I'm like, "There's, I'm in Santa Rosa waiting to pick up Dane from track practice. I'm not going to make it. But we, we um, got um, Andriana Duckworth all fired up. She was talking about having a um, party at the Fairmont. And, she, and she's like, yeah, I want to do it out at the pool. And I said, well, we can't have glass out of the pool. She said, we're going to get an acrylic cover for the pool i said how much does that cost she said it's fucking incredibly expensive but we'll get someone to sponsor it and then we'll have like a band on the mid in the in, like on top of the acrylic thing like in the middle of the pool i was like sweet let's do it cool <laughs> she she seems fired up about getting something going so yeah okay well i like it i like the enthusiasm bart absolutely absolutely yeah. Well, and that's another thing. The Sonoma bringing Valley, it back, it's bringing back the passion. Right. Yeah, um, Sonoma Valley vintners and growers have um, taken over the um, Sonoma Valley Vintage Festival. We're going to run the Vintage Festival, so um, hoping, hoping, hoping yeah. that um, uh, we'll get uh, you know kind of bring that to some sort of a, 
a, a, a different level than what it was. You know, it's been an event that's been around for a long time, but I think it was always run in pure volunteerism. And I think COVID had a hard time with it. And so the vintners and growers have taken over the management of it. And they're looking for all the local organizations that have always supported it, the artists and um, the bands, the fire department and, and, and have that yeah. event down on this plaza in October. Cool. So that'll be something to look forward to. They'll do, there'll be a, a, a grand tasting or a, a, a night tasting that will be at the barracks and, and maybe at the end and then some stuff on the plaza also. So it's well, coming back. You're right, Brian. It's roaring back, isn't it? Fortunately and unfortunately, yes, John, because I'm, I can only work so many Everybody's hours stressed. in the day. Yeah, yeah, everybody is stressed. A while at work shirts yeah. and then uh, flip on a different one. Yeah. I got my stewarding I, shirt yeah, on today. Point, so I don't, I don't, I do not have to wear a suit to work, but I, I do wear collared shirts. But yeah, it's a whole, whole different game. All right, we got to try this last wine. Sure. Let's get it in. Seventy-five cases produced, uh, vented and bottled by uh, Ordaz family. And maybe Bart is the best person to explain Ordaz family. Well, um, and this, so Todd didn't bring this. It was something that um, I have an Ordaz that works in room service. And so he brings me bottles every now and then says, hey, do you, do you guys want to pick this up? So um, Chuy Ordaz was the original vineyard manager for Kenwood Winery. Um, John and Mike hired him like in 1970. Um, you know, farmed uh, or still farms Jack London, uh, farms Montecito, um, farms, you know, all sorts of vineyards here in the valley. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at risk of forgetting the important ones. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, uh, when Kenwood was sold to Corbell, he started his own vineyard management company called Palo Alto. That's the city that he's from in Mexico um, near Lake Chapala. Um, and they eventually started, you know, you farm all these vineyards and, you know, peel off a little fruit here and a little fruit there. And they started making their own wine. Um, Jeff McBride, uh, another ex Kenwood guy, I think helps them out with some of the winemaking. I was wondering um, who did it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Epifanio um, is the, I think, the winemaker of note, but I, you know, Jeff is the one with the practical experience. Epi. Yeah, Epi. Epi. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. I knew him as Fanyo, but now he's Epi, yeah. Epifanio. Um, but it's a true family affair. You know, Chewy Sr. Um, is kind of, I have I guess he's maybe kind of retired. Um, his son, Chewy, is running the vineyard side of it. Epi's running the winery side of it. Um, there are multiple family members involved. Um, uh, and, and always, you know, solid wines. Um, yeah. I mean, they have access to really good fruit, so it's just a matter of squeezing it and putting it in a bottle, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> That's all there is. So this is Moon Mountain District. So, um, you know, he farms, like I said, Montecito. Um, he farms a vineyard called Moss Family, which would be just right down the street from there, um, from uh, Montecito. Um, and and, I, and there's... Elevation. Is it like all the way up there or down the street, like up, up 12 it, down the street? No, like I'm literally like, down the road, down, down, road. down the dirt road right. to, to it. Yeah, cool. Um mm. Uh, it's what was used to be called the Middle Beltane Ranch. Okay. Um, so, so I guess that's, that's probably um, 
asphalt at that point. It, it is asphalt. But but to the point of if if Montecito is at eighteen hundred feet, um, this is probably like at a thousand. So still, still up there, sits in the yeah. red dirt. Another beautiful vineyard. What a, what a great place to drive up to, right? You took yeah. over there the first time. Yeah. I'm taking multiple friends to come to visit all the way to the top, and it's a great place to just park the car, have a beer or something. Yeah, yeah. The valley and watch the and, and, yeah, and it is one of those places that you know you can see the ocean from yep. there. There's nothing between you and the ocean. Yeah. You're awesome. you're above Bennett Peak. You're above. Uh, <clears throat> you look you look in between Sonoma Mountain and Bennett Peak yeah, exactly. straight out yeah. north yeah. side of the. And if you can't afford to drink Cayman or Corbin Cameron or BYs, uh, but you want to drink some Moon Mountain Cab, yeah. this is solid alternative. Yeah, that's delicious. Right? I just did this tasting uh, up at Moon Hollow. Have you ever heard of that place? Yeah, that's um, um, friend of the pod. Um, Christoph shoot. Christoph. Yeah. 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 So Christoph, he, uh, he started the battery. Uh, he's a song oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember okay. we had him on. He's right. the he's from. I wasn't here for that show, but I think his wife. His wife works here part time. Works here. Um, yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Um, Builds all the farming. Um, from my understanding, it's right next to Cayman in that same. Um, it's actually above it. Uh, I think. Well, it's right. Like, it's kind. Of, yes, depending on the aspect yeah. you're looking yeah. at, kind of over there, it, it seems like they're just kind of side uh, by side. But I guess if you're look, yeah, actually talking about. Yes, but so Eric Almas, <laughs> um, he bought in like a, a thing pre-COVID at the battery, a tasting up there. And so um, Braden Albright came with me, um, Eric and a couple of Eric's friends. We all um, went up there and did the tasting with Christoph. And the wines are crazy, man. They're yeah. good. And I bought some 13 and then some 18. And the 13's all like declassified Cayman. Um, the prices are still the same, but it's like from the Cayman Vineyards. Huh. And it's like... The wines are good. The labels are really cool. Um, I'm the first and only ever wholesale account they have because they said he said they don't sell wholesale. And I was like, really? You don't sell wholesale at all? And got that going. So, Brian, you can reach out to. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Christoph, the, the show we did with Christoph was amazing because yeah, cool. he's so much about hospitality and just his what he's done and and his experiences are, are really amazing um I, I if anybody hasn't listened to the show i really uh maybe i'll repost it it was a great show but yeah a beautiful piece of property um uh i'm trying to remember the guy who's helping christoph is you know running the wine program from start to finish I'm trying to remember uh the winemaker is the winemaker from cayman uh mark uh, harold. mark harold um uh, is the is the winemaker on it or the consulting winemaker a couple of winemakers over the years i think eric bradley was uh like way back in the day and then there was um there was somebody else but yeah now, it's it like 18 vintage or something it was uh harold yeah it, it's 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 phil yeah, you know it's absolutely. the it's the phil katuri connections the cool uh totally the story, like, after doing the tasting i mean everything was vineyard first here's the juice yeah you know, right it was, it yeah was talking about the turries was talking about the land yeah i mean they have they have like a whole a flock of sheep or they have, they have, they have their own sheep. They have pigs. They have, I mean, it's a whole system. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that's what you, you know, Garricky. Yeah. All the, all the way up. Yeah. That just reminded me we're going to Hanzel on Monday as a group nice. from the hotel. Awesome. We're going <clears> to <throat> go up and Jason has, um, he's, he, he shot me an email the other day. He's like, Hey, we got a ton of carrots, beets, and snap peas. Would you guys be interested in, we can't eat them all. I was like, hell yeah. 
<laughs> so we're gonna go up there and take the tour. There's uh, uh, they've branded in and they've been posting a lot of pictures of rattlesnakes up there. Of so, what rattlesnakes? rattlesnakes yeah, sweet. Some okay. beautiful rattlesnakes. Okay, cool. I'll but, tell um, the staff they'll yeah. be excited. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't go off the path. Yeah, no open toes. All right. Cool. Anything else, Todd? What about you? You got anything coming up? You wanna? Uh, Hoping to have my rosé party in June. I'm just waiting kind of oh, until yeah. uh, probably the first week of May to send it out. I had to cancel it twice over COVID. And I yeah. had to cancel it again. So I just want to get as close as I can before I sell tickets. We usually sell out in three or four days, about 100 tickets anyway. So um, I'll let you guys know when that goes on sale. And obviously, you guys can all come on the house. But um, got that going on. Just busy, busy, man. I'm getting the pallet of Martin Ray. Salvion Blanc dropped off today. And just waiting to get the uh, there's a semi truck coming in who's gonna come yesterday but the the uh the back bed was broken so i, I would have to down stack it off the truck and i was like that's just not gonna work for me man off a different truck and so they they're coming today and hopefully it'll good be sooner than later save your back yeah exactly but yeah shout out martin ray winery they uh they make a couple hundred cases of sauvignon blanc just for just for me and uh and then get it delivered to the store yeah nice awesome all right thank you bart thank you john todd ryan todd so nice to see you man really likewise all right all right everybody thanks for listening we'll talk to you next week peace and love go ducks go ducks